mind can't seem to find itself way around it. Well produced but scarcely found. This house is quiet, but to me it's too damn loud.
Hello, welcome to my podcast. I'm Nikolai Sinclair. And today with us we have Barrett, and we're walking to the stage. <laughs> yes, at, at the music box in downtown Mobile. <laughs> yes, uh, I kind of sprung it on Nick here. Um, he just showed up and I was like, hey, we got a gig. Uh, <laughs> you better walk with me and you're going to sing. This is, this is Nick's Radio. Coming to you live uh, from now to Nick's Radio. Too, by the way and uh the, the, the music box props to them uh just totally let us walk right in and be like hey we're gonna play a gig is that okay and they were like what yeah <laughs> so this, this should be interesting <laughs> yes it should be interesting and they said they don't know how to do sound and i was like i know how to do sound and so here we are with a bag full of chords walking into the music box as we speak. And we may need to end the recording now because yeah. of the noise. Yeah, so we'll come back. All right, bye. Hello, welcome to my podcast. I'm your host, Nikolai Sinclair, and thank you for joining me today for this lovely podcast. Today we have so much to talk about, um, but I want to like let you know. Um, so next week, we have a special guest coming um, her name is Ginny Game from the show um, Cassie Parks, um, um, and her have this gr- amazing podcast show that I watched. I found them off of this um, off off this um, podcast um, by Jules Johnson called Law of Attraction Radio Network, and I've been a huge fan ever since. And um, anyway, they're gonna be she's gonna be on my show next week, and we're gonna talk podcast stuff and just have a nice old fashioned chat. So I'm very excited about that. Today, we have a very great podcast. Um, some of the information is very, I'm sure, controversial. And I just have to say it just for legal re- reasons. Viewer discretion is advised. Well, actually, audio discretion is advised. Okay. So thank you for tuning in. So today with us, we have Barrett. Um, and we're talking about addiction because me and him were talking about about it a little earlier ago. Um, off the record, off the the, the recording. Um, Barrett, what is an addictive personality? I know you mentioned that earlier. I could tell you so many details. Um, so I really came into contact with my addictive personality when I started to dive into, in, like, I consider myself a psychonaut. Um, when I was about 15 or 16, I heard that, like, like I always wanted to try to smoke weed. I always wanted to drink. But the things I could get my hands on to were medicine, like cough medicine. And so that was my first addiction, I would say. And I didn't realize I had the mind of an addict until I was probably, like, 21, five, six years later. Um but yeah, so cough medicine, man. I was taking like 16, 32 of these pills called uh, Corsine Cough and Cold. And uh, uh, that's like enough to put a whole classroom to sleep. Like I really, yeah, I got like 200% or 0%. Like that's that's the way I've always rolled. Is that the same stuff that's found in like, um, um, like um, Benadryl or no? No, but I would mix it with Benadryl. Um, yeah, and that's a deaf and hydramine. Yeah, is what you're yes, talking yes, about. Yes, yes. Um, uh, no, this was uh, uh, 
uh, what's it called? Uh, DXM or dextromethorphan? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I would take like probably like 430 milligrams would be the lowest dose I would do. And there's 15 milligrams in a strong pill that you would take for yourself. It's interesting because you said um, Benadryl, you, you, took, you mixed it with that, but actually Benadryl, well, Benadryl is hard, you can, it's hard to get addicted to it because they have, they intentionally put side effects in it, like as far as like, you'll, you'll feel fatigue after a while, you'll feel like really weird, to, so that's why you wouldn't, it's like they have certain like protocols or stuff in the chemicals of it, so that way you cannot get addicted to it, but you mixed it with Benadryl. Which yeah, is it's, well, Benadryl is a deliriant. And mm-hmm. it, it was never fun. It was interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, like, I would say there's two different types of drugs. The kind that make you think and the kind that make you feel good. And, like, mushrooms, I would say, would be make you think and feel good kind of at the same time. Weed kind of make you think and feel good at the same time alcohol just makes you feel good doesn't make you think at all xanax doesn't make you make you think it's yeah it's just like yeah what about ecstasy ecstasy oh my god uh that's a mix because if you get real mdma that is like mda is that the same as molly and ecstasy or they're completely different okay so i would say molly would be a street term used for any sort of chemical that resembles MDMA and maybe includes MDMA. It's really like a pressed pill and you never know what you're getting when somebody gives you, and I'm doing air quotes here, Molly. Um, like I would say that if you get real crystallized MDMA, Mm -hmm. it will be a glowing experience. And Coming from a therapist, I'm sure you've read a lot about how small doses are used in therapy. Um, I've, I've read about the history of, um, of certain things um, that were created, you know, for CIA, CIA use. But <laughs> yeah. I have—I actually don't know that much about street drugs, honestly. I, I don't specialize in addic- addictive um, personalities or addictive drugs or addiction right. at, all, at all. But um, I, I do personally have not know what it's like to have an addiction because i had one but it was not i never had a drug addiction though do you want to talk about your addiction i mean sure so when i was like uh, i guess 15 i um 16 i was addicted to to pornography and i (laughs) um nothing nothing like nothing like illegal like nothing no legal pornography or anything right but i was addicted to pornography because i didn't know what it was and everyone at school you know was um I guess engaging in sex. I was a virgin yeah. until like I was like twenty one. So like, <laughs> I um I just I just was curious and so I just would, like watch it and I just felt like I needed it every day. And then I found some magazines, um in my in my um my parents' house, and I would just look at them and you know just like I felt like I needed it. And then one day one day I just like said no, and just stopped. But like I would, like I said, I was really addicted. I bought sex toys. I bought so many different weird things and yeah. yeah and i was just really addicted to um pornography and then um yeah i, I just one day just quit because i was just tired of spending money my money and i realized that that's sexually objectifying people and then that's not like right and that's not really realistic so yeah no i totally understand where you're coming from like you're saying you're talking to somebody who is like I, who lives by the philosophy of um, 
try everything once, you know? <laughs> and so, uh, dude, I've, I've been there. I love all types of porn. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I, I don't at all. I know, but I feel like I needed it. I was watching it every day. I feel like I needed it. I feel like I couldn't, I, addiction's only an addiction if it, you can't function. I couldn't function. I feel like I needed it every day. I feel like I had to watch it, and it didn't get me off. I just learned, I like, at first I was just fascinated by the art of the human body. I never, I never took anatomy in school. So like, I didn't really know about the body that much. And I just was like, it's like a different world I never knew about. I was like, oh my gosh, everyone's having sex. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was my personality. I was, like, I was like, oh my gosh, I was, I was so amazed. I was like, oh my gosh, people have sex. But the problem with <laughs> porn, the problem with porn is, it, is it's a warped version of what actually I know, it's, is. It's, 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 it's not real. But I was like, oh my gosh, people actually do this. And that was, I was really fascinated. I was like, oh my gosh. And then I just didn't know. You know, you know, you know about anatomy, but at the time... I didn't know like all that it entails, and that there were different positions to Kama Sutra. I didn't know. All, I was like, I was just so fascinated, and it like it was very exciting. <laughs> I feel like I'm excited talking about it now, but I'm I'm not like as excited. But it was just very, it was very fascinating, and I just, I learned so much stuff. And honestly, I think the one thing I did take it from it is I like it helped me explore my sexuality. Yeah, and that's what honestly it, ha- it helped open the door for like more into like me being who I am. That's what I took from it, and I left the rest behind. Right. But I still, I still sometimes occasionally might watch it, but not for that reason, and not I'm not addicted to it. You know, I know it's real. I know it's what people are like, and not what's you know what how to treat people properly and respectfully. So, um, but yeah, I know that now. But I do want to talk about something else, right? Regarding addiction, so. When you're an addict, a drug addict, should people blame the person that's on drugs? Or, like, do you think they're going through something else? Or what is the real story behind that? I think that it's, uh, there's a lot of different types of addictions. And so it's really hard. It's almost impossible to be a good person when you're actually addicted to, like, addicted to a drug um and i i know a lot of heroin addicts luckily i've never gone gone there you know i've never iv'd and like i'm scared of needles and i honestly think i've made myself scared of needles for that exact purpose but i've definitely dabbled with opiates and i understand that like like uh let's say when you eat or have sex you get about 200 percent of your dopamine uh, in your brain when you iv heroin you get like two thousand to four thousand percent so suddenly that and when you get that amount of dopamine your amygdala creates something called glutamate and it's kind of like uh like a picture and it's sh- so that four thousand percent is always going to be there it'll fade over time but you're always going to think about that four thousand percent because it's stuck in your mind, so you're always going to be kind of chasing that. And guess what? You're going to say fuck you to your girl or boy, and you're going to go and look for your fix. You know, it's not it's not their fault that they're addicted. It's just, like, your brain. Like, that's just how shit works, you know? I think that's a, a um, thing that people do. Like, you know, my ex, I'm um, no stranger to talking about my ex on my show which i have i blame my ex for their addiction 
because I didn't understand that. I didn't understand. And when sometimes when you're looking at the person as a person without looking and understanding the addiction, you don't really understand. And I think because I, I'm not, I don't have an addictive personality and I've never fully been addicted to like something like that. Drugs. I feel like it's different. Like being addicted to porn, I feel like it's completely different than being addicted to. Um, and I was. I, I may have not even been a full porn addict because I. I, I don't know. But, I don't, but, but like, like I said, like sex was two hundred percent your dopamine intake, so that's why you kept craving it. I craved it, and yeah. then I craved it, but then I eventually just shifted that to like exploiting my sexuality and shifted it to just myself. So I ended up not like um. I ended up being able to shift it to other things, and that's why I'm not as, as a, I'm not to porn at all at all now. And my teacher said like this: he said that like it's hard to get rid of an addiction. All you can do is transfer it. That's what he that's what he told me. Yeah. He's an an addict specialist. Now, I mean, I, I'm sorry, an addict psychologist. I don't know if that's true or not, but do you think that's true? D- um. Repeat the question one more time. I'm sorry. My te- my my teacher that was also that's is also a an um an addict um psychologist. So you, sh- you shift. He said that you can't yeah. get rid of addiction. All you can do is shift it to something else. Yeah, and you see that a lot with uh, especially people who really hone into one type of drug. Is as soon as they quit, they always find a different drug. And so, like, a heroin addict would just switch to alcohol and find himself in rehab for a second time. But this time for alcohol instead of heroin, you know. And I don't think that's true. I think that the happiest people in the world, and this is, I've heard a statistic, and I don't want to say anything that isn't true, but uh, that people who have fully rehabilitated themselves from, like, drug use are happier than people who have never used drugs in the first place. And so it's really interesting. You know, it's not, you do have a broken brain in some regards because some of your pathways, like your, your GABA, your norepinephrine pathway, maybe completely screwed your serotonin pathway, all that. Mm-hmm. They may be completely irreparable and disjuncted, but you still can be happy. You just have to find a way to get your hippocampus back on track, you know? And it's, it takes time. I've heard, like, 90 days to get, a, like, to where you're regulating. And then it takes, like, years to get 100% back to normal when you use hard drugs. Recently in the news... Um Demi Lovato stated that she um, has permanent brain damage from dr- years of drug drug um, over drug use. I'm sorry, and she almost tried to commit suicide. Uh, I guess no, no, no. She she did drug or, drug overdose. I don't know. How do you, how do you say that? She she overdosed. She overdosed. Yeah, she overdosed. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that's not funny. Yeah. We were laughing. That's not funny. But she overdosed on drugs, yeah. and then um, she um, also had a stroke. Oh yeah. Yeah, and she now she has permanent brain damage. This is the first I'm hearing of it. Yeah, it's been. It was a, She just released a documentary on YouTube um, this last week. Um, so, I mean, do you do you think that like, do you worry about people that that um about that, you know? 
Or um, people that, you know, that do overuse of drugs, you work I, out? I think it only takes, like, five or six years for permanent brain damage to actually start. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of fucking sad. But, you know, we smoke cigarettes and we drink alcohol and... We watch too much TV and we watch too much pornography and it all causes some form of brain damage, man. We don't live in a utopian society. It's just like everything in moderation. We're all going to die one day. Have fun while you're still here. That's true. <laughs> I just, yeah, I think people just need, can do the best they can do. And I think like, you know, like regarding my ex and um, his a drug addiction, I, I, and I said, I said there because my ex has been i don't he, pronouns so i said yeah yeah so that's that's why i said no. they and yeah, sometimes we, we talked about it sometimes my yeah. sometimes my <laughs> sometimes my ex identifies different uh, differently so that's why i didn't i didn't say hit him but um anywho i didn't uh, during the relationship i didn't understand and i actually blamed him for his recognition i said why don't you just stop Yes, it's not. It's I, not like that. What? Can, it's can, sad. Can, can you let me know? Can you tell me? Because well, I, I, I blamed him. I said, why don't you just stop? I said, you're spending all this money on drugs. I'm paying all the bills. I need your help. And he just he just couldn't stop. Can you, can you explain to me why? It's uh, eventually. Um, sometimes it'll be physical pain. Sometimes it'll be emotional pain. But you feel... And I'm speak. I'm generalizing, which is a very big no-no in the addict community, mm-hmm. or people who are in the recovery community. I mean, mm-hmm. um, but you feel this urge, and it's like you're insatiable, and it's like you can't quench this thirst until you get it. And I will, like any drug addict they're resourceful as shit like you have no idea we can make it happen and we will find a way to make it happen and that's what's so scary about it is that when you're in a long-term relationship and like i was saying about my ex this is a lot of the reason why we broke up is like i know about 20 different ways to steal alcohol and completely get away with it and I can do it with you standing right beside me, and you wouldn't know I would be doing it. Uh, my favorite method, and this is the most embarrassing one, is why I'm saying it, is uh, is grabbing a a bottle of wine. Make sure you get a screw top. I'm sorry, I'm like giving a lecture. Yeah. Make sure you get the screw top and uh, shove it in your jacket pocket and walk in the bathroom, finish the entire fucking thing, throw it in the trash can, and then cover it up with some paper towels. Walk the fuck right out of there. And make sure you're in a blind spot, you know. Uh, That's the easiest way to steal it. But it's pretty intense. And uh, you don't want to choose some heavy reds because uh, you don't want to be throwing up red wine. Uh, Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm really teaching the wrong message here. You (laughs) you you go ahead. Let's move on. It's my my fears. I'm not condoning or telling you you should do that. But I... I, um, I mean that's interesting to know though. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 but but I'm, I don't, I'm not going to do that though. But that's. Yeah, that. I'm sure it's, 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 it's barbaric. Is what it is. That 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 is interesting. Um, we will be right back after the short break.
shout of us forever Trying to be stronger for you Ice cream, ice cream I dream jeans and leather Life's dream, I'm sweet for you Oh God, you on my lips It's me, I let Venice bitch On the stupid neighborhood kids Calling out bang bang is kids You're in the yard, I light the fire And as the summer fades away Nothing gold can stay You're right, I tore, we make it work You're beautiful and I'm insane We're never Give me all my One dream, one life, one lover Paint me happy and blue Norman Rockwell No hype under the covers It's just God, push you on my lips It's me, your little Venice bitch I'm stupid, the neighborhood kids Gone now, bang, bang, kiss, kiss You're in the yard, I like the fire And as the summer fades away Nothing gold can stay You're right, I tore, we make it work You're beautiful and I'm insane We're American made Oh yeah Sun and all bang bang is kiss Oh yeah Sun and all bang bang is kiss Oh God I want you on my lips It's me on a thinnest bitch I'm stupid Neighborhood kids, sunning up, bang bang, kiss kiss, la 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 la, beautiful, 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 la 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 la, beautiful, 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 oh 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 oh, whatever, everything, whatever, oh 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 oh, whatever, everything. Whatever, oh, but we're back in the garden. We're getting high now because we're older. Me, myself, I like diamonds. My baby, crimson and clover. Crimson and clover, honey. Crimson and clover, honey. Crimson and clover, honey. Crimson and clover, honey. Over and over, honey. Over and over, honey Over and over and over Over and over If you were mine, I'd be jealous of your love If you were mine, I'd be jealous of your love If you were mine, I'd be jealous of your love If you are mine, I'd be jealous 
All right, we're back. <laughs> so I think enough about drugs and alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> no, we in, during our break, we were like, I was like, oh, it's really an emotional spot for me. <laughs> Can we not talk about it? But really, I'm okay with talking about anything, Nick. No, I know, but we're, I don't want to talk about drugs. But literally, you gave me clarity on an issue, on issues that I um you know experienced and now i know that it wasn't my ex's fault and i i feel like i owe him a little apology honestly but anyway um well speaking of that uh i forgave an ex that i thought i would never forgive recently and it is not a cathartic experience it's kind of like uh ripping off the band-aid yeah, yeah. I mean, I've made peace with that whole relationship. Like, I'm like, we're never gonna date again. But it's good to have clarity, and I, I like having clarity because now I understand, and now I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm willing to like talk and just like, hey, understand. Well, I don't understand, but I understand that you, at the time, you, and well, you're currently, you're, you know, you're going through a lot, a lot, and you know, you're not even thinking clearly, clearly in this particular moment and you know i understand you know i'm i mean i don't understand but i sympathize so i'm i can do that as a person yeah you're the hippocampus is your judgment center of your brain and it's impaired the, what's that it's impaired when when you start uh using drugs it's just like slashes it in half every single fucking time like so they they're ju- they literally aren't themselves like addicts aren't because their judgment is just out the roof like and it really sucks like i said when you love somebody and they're an addict you start to see that person slip you know you start to like and it's not the person you fell in love with you know you're just seeing like a different version of themselves and it's a really fucking sad thing and and what's even more screwed up is, like, I don't encourage people to stay with an addict if they aren't willing to change. But I also think that some of the worst part of addiction is losing the people you love and can make you slip further into it. And it's kind of a paradoxical situation. Exactly. It can make you good on drugs. And I think, you know, with my ex... And I get that, like, what I accused my ex of doing, which was dragging me, <laughs> um, I think my ex may not have realized they did that, or maybe he did it on purpose, I don't know. But um, I just think that, you know, his judgment was impaired, so I'm just going to give that the benefit of the doubt and just call it a day. <laughs> it seems a little weird. I don't want to speak too much on that, because... so. Uh, don't, the thing that addicts really try to do is uh they'll try to get you on board with them and that's like really treacherous and once again uh with my ex uh that was a big pitfall it's like a big reason why she dumped me is like uh we were hooked on uh oxy for the longest time dude i mean we were spending like hundreds of dollars a week uh so that brings me to one of my random questions. So the new president, I don't know if you know him. His name is President Biden. <laughs> um, <what? laughs> he's, he's the new president of the United States. 
Then anyway, during the 70s, he signed a bill that incarcerated millions. I wouldn't say millions, I'm sorry, not millions. Many, I would say many, many people based on drugs. And um, do you think that jail is the correct place for people that have drug problems? No, and especially because of the physical ailments. Um, I think, I think violence is a place where you should go to jail. And uh, that's really coming from somebody who's, I mean, only for like a day or a couple days, been to jail a couple times and for totally nonviolent crimes. And it, I was just around people like I would be sitting in a jail cell and just hear about how this dad was in jail for beating the shit out of his son. And I'm like sitting over here and I was on, I was a senior on spring break and my friend stuck his head out the sunroof and we got pulled over and we had a little bit of weed on us like that, you know, like I don't think I should have been in jail, but yet I was found myself sitting next to somebody who beat the shit out of his son. Exactly. I just think, I just don't think that would even make sense. So you ever, and let's say you are an addict and you go to jail what would gel do for your addiction? It, do you think it would probably maybe increase your addiction? I think it would. I think you'd have a much harder time in jail than the other people who are around you. And that's the sad part. Exactly. And so President Biden was one of the many that signed a bill that incarcerated many people for drug addictions and put them in jail. And I just don't think that even made sense because i think that probably had like it caused many problems for family people you know families and that probably separated people families it probably also caused you know people to die probably in jail for because they had an addiction that doesn't make sense personally and i don't think i know he said that he would try to fix things you know that's why he wanted to have a chance to be president i just think that you know that caused many hardships for families that he can never, ever understand or fix. Yeah, and I, like, I mean, the decriminalization of weed alone is such a baffling phenomenon. Like, (laughs) dude, there are people serving years and years, and when you're in, I don't think you realize how dehumanizing, how most people, like think of jail it's not like oh you get three meals a day and you get to hang out with some friends it's like you get treated like shit you aren't safe and you're probably gonna be adjacent to a cell who's on suicide watch and all the dude does is scream about eating pussy and talks to himself in early hours of the morning and you get one blanket and one pillow and one cot. Sorry. This, yeah, this is actually coming from a personal experience. Yeah. No, dude. It was, I was in a really bad place. And this is all while I was going through alcohol withdrawals. Because this is when I was talking about my ex who really, uh, who, who called the cops on me. Yeah. And, uh, wow. So I was, like, shitting my brains out, vomiting. And the whole time I couldn't get a blink of sleep because this guy was just literally shouting all of the time. And it's like, 
only me and like four other cells could even hear the guy, but all of us were like woke up in the morning and we were like, seriously, like, and the thing about suicide watch is they stick you in a harness, like kind of like a straight jacket. And, uh, you, you don't get to go out with the other cellmates. Like you're just stuck in your cell and they bring you your food to your cell. And, and, and so this guy, like, there's so much wrong with the system. The criminal it, justice, yes. Yeah, it is. It's incredible. So we definitely need, I think in this country, we definitely need to change the criminal justice system. And honestly, like, like, like we just said, jail does not solve addiction problems. It just actually might make them worse. And actually, you might put it on a variable racial scare, um, um, schedule because it actually might make people crave more once they get out. Because you, it's like... For example, oh no, I was asking one time. Oh, uh, well, for example, you um, you don't give someone something for a, a little bit amount of time, and then it's gonna you're 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 gonna want it more, yeah. and probably do more. And guess uh, what happens when you take a break from heroin and then use the same dose that you used to use? You die, <laughs> dude. Your your tolerance goes down so much that. It, like that is the number one thing th- that is found in obituaries at in when people get out of rehab, they go back to their same dealer, they get the same dose, just fucking kill over and die. It happens, man. And the, y- you know something strange is uh, so I went to Bradford, and I I don't mean to like throw any names out there if I'm speaking impolitely. Yeah, sorry. Um, what's Bradford? Bradford is a rehab facility in Bur- near Birmingham. Oh yeah, we're talking about addiction. Again. I'm sorry, we're, we're not talking. Oh, okay, no, it's fine, it's fine. Uh, but anyway, did you know that uh, more women uh, die after going to rehab than men? It's about a three to one ratio, at least in Birmingham. Hmm. Yeah, and you wonder why, and I wonder if it's because they're more emotional, or maybe. They have men that are pushing, you know, or I, I don't, I don't know what put my finger on about it. Like, what do you think? Um, I've actually never heard that stat. I'd love to do a study on it. So you said more women die from drug overdose after after rehab after after you went to rehab. That's interesting. I mean, three to one is uh, for Bradford. And I shouldn't be dropping names. I should probably just remain. No, it's it's great that you are dropping names. But three to one women die, according to that stat. When it comes to drug after leaving rehab, then then um to men. Yeah, that specific center. That is interesting. But that that in that specific center, uh, it was, uh, so, three to one, men in the center. So there was, like, for every one woman, there was three guys. Because I, I guess men just like getting addicted to things. They're a little little crazier than most women. Or maybe they're the only ones that get thrown in these places, you know, because... I, I think that, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm never... 
I can't speak for everyone, but I think many times, lots of times, people don't understand women. You know, sometimes women go through postpartum depression, different things, and people just don't understand certain things. And then they get out, and you know, society won't just change because you change. And then sometimes society reinforces the same behavior that you had previously before going in. And if people don't aren't changing when you get out to to the new way that you are. You're most likely probably going to go back to the same the same pattern because no no one else is changing but you. You can't change if you if something reinforced you to do drugs in the first place anyway. So it kind of it kind of. But as far as women to men, as far I don't know that I don't, I don't know that stat. I have to study. Would have to study study that more. I guess to yeah, know. definitely. And I'm afraid to talk about it because I don't want to say anything wrong. And I hate saying these words, but I also feel like women are more coddled than men, and so they don't really get. Oh, shit. See, I really don't want to say anything wrong here. Yeah, it's just, uh, I I really feel like uh, women are taken care of at home. Mm-hmm. But if a man is using drugs, then he kind of can't be the man in the family. And I hate to be so gender biased, but it's just the society we live in, you know, it yeah. sucks. It's changing, but yeah, I hear what you're saying. And I hope it's changing. Like, So, okay, I have some random questions to ask you, because I know we're, we're talking about... Um, uh, can we take a, a short break? Yeah, let's take a short break. Okay, we'll be right back. Cried alone Everyone's gonna see through you They were gonna try to take your heart Everyone's gonna confuse you We felt it from the start Everyone's gonna see through you They were gonna try to take your heart But they can't Now they can't As long as I watch over you You don't need to
So I want to say thank you guys so much for tuning into my show. It's been a pleasure. The music provided was um, um, the Lana Del Rey cover, Kim Trolls Over the Country Club, which is a song I love by Lana Del Rey, but I also loved it too by Haley Mary. The song I played by um, Venice, Venice Bitch um, is a cover by Bella River Music, and I just really enjoyed it. And the first two songs that I played on here on my podcast... Um, Sweet Leave and also the, called the State of Art. State of the Art, they were both by Pop War, which was created by um, Connor E. Hugh, which is a band, which is a guy, it's a guy, but I was in a band with him. And yeah, um, that was some of the music that they made previously. Um, so yeah, I thank you guys so much for tuning into my um, podcast. And honestly, I hope you guys look, give you guys a real tune into a, a great podcast next week which is going to be featuring an amazing person that I mentioned earlier, and I'm just so excited. Thank you for tuning in. You know that I want you, you wanted me too, but this bitch on your line says she feeling you too. The confusion in me said I should end this too, but you're promising me I'm the one that should boo. And you tell me the truth, so how can I deny you? Every time we together, it's fireworks too You can't see how you hurt me, it's killing me too Cause I know that you're telling her the same thing too Oh how can you But I love you so much, can never disrespect you You keep it so real, what am I gonna do? When I tell you to leave or say you're not ready to How can you tell me that when I'm always with you? Do the love that we make even excite you? Do the time that we spend show you what's really true? When you look in my eyes, do you feel it too? We just two fools in love, trying to make it through You're so busy having cake and eating it too That you don't even know that your heart is safe with me too But this is the time that you gotta choose 
Thank you.